1: All right, today is Saturday, um, June 25th, 6th. I don't know, I'm just guessing. That's We're recording on a Monday. I didn't look. Um, 26th. 26th, uh, there we go. Um, a little bonus episode for you guys. Me and Scott are continuing our conversation. Who had it worse during the rebuild? Red Wings fans or Tigers fans? Uh, we started part one of this conversation on Tuesday, so be sure to go check that out. If you didn't catch that already, make things a lot more clear. You'll be like,
0: hey, why don't you talk about this? And I'll be like, hey, check the tape. Um, it's really sad too because these fan bases overlap. This isn't like, oh, yeah, who yeah, had yeah. it worse <laughs> like two like, different yeah, the like, Red Wings are like the Oakland Athletics. Uh, yeah. Like you're literally doing like all the yeah. most all of the, the same people, people, I should say, yeah. that are Tigers fans are Red Wings fans, and vice versa. These are literally, yeah, the same. Like it's it's brutal. What so a what a rough, we, rough era.
1: We went over the worst acquisitions while trying to contend. Um, we went over the the Un, or we went over the the 2019 season. 2019 for the Tigers, and 20, yeah, and then 2020 season for the Red Wings. Um, just to review the worst seasons. What else do we look
0: at? uh Contracts. Yeah, yeah. Some of the okay, so let's. So we're gonna start we
1: today's episode with worst dead weight contracts to uh watch. Like guys who just like you're just shaking with anger every time that they go out on the ice. A couple guys that come to the mind for the Red Wings off the top of my head: Franz Nielsen an Advocator, uh one Jan Erickson, uh Darren Helm, maybe less so Darren Helm, just because he's like that kind of these like,
0: days. I feel like Helm's kind of redeemed himself. He just like bit, he, he like, goes like,
1: up and down. He goes his yeah. stocks
0: high. He's like he, he goes like the stock market, his stocks yeah.
1: high, and then he uh gets four breakaways a in a game and, yeah. and doesn't score on any of them, and then he right. back and down like, again. Why you know, are you on then, this
0: team? Right.
1: And then uh he can he goes one for six on breakaways in his next three games. You're like, all right, sick. Um and then you are like, well, at least he gets some breakaways, you know.
0: But, um... <laughs> um, so this is one where, when we talked about the contracts, I, I have a slightly different uh, outlook on this one. I think the Red Wings ones are worse for this one because I think, well, for
1: I, I, the 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 salary cap in and of itself alone is the biggest like sure. dunk on the Red Wings.
0: For sure, You know, like,
1: like from that standpoint.
0: Yeah. Big time. And I just think like Holland really did a number. Like he really, he really did a number, you know, before he dipped. And uh, like, obviously we have, like we talked about in the last one, we have Jordan Zimmerman, which was a, probably the pinnacle of, of dead weight. Every time he went out there, it was like three innings, six runs. The, the saddest one. And I, I, I don't. I think you're you're a, you're pretty ridiculous if you're like shaking with rage and mad every time he steps up to the plate. But like at this point, Miguel Cabrera is in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Like it is, and and the last couple of weeks he's been a lot better. And to be completely honest with you, I, I am not a person that's all up in arms. I I could do a, a whole hour on on how the Miguel Cabrera contract is really not the dead weight that people think it is. Mm-hmm. We're, we're a bottom five payroll in baseball. It's not a salary cap sport that the Tigers and the Illich family could very easily overcome it and still spend money. Don't let them shove that propaganda that, Oh, we can't spend until Mickey's gone. That's, that's not true. Um, but when you're paying someone $30 million a year to barely bet 200 it and he it, like, he has four years left of this man. Yeah, like we are yeah. four years away How, from that. When, when does
1: he get bought out after he hits the milestones, 500 homers, 3000 hits. You think that's when
0: he, either, I, I you think imagine. he'll keep
1: playing. Cause I feel like he'll, he'll just keep playing until the end of his contract because he just loves playing baseball.
0: I don't know. I, I think part of it, uh, like this, this might selling like a cop out. Part of it has to do with his health. I mean, his, yeah. His health has been detrimental the last four years and, And if it keeps deteriorating, uh, somebody's going to look at him one day and just say, like, you can't do it anymore, man. And
1: and again, like, that is – it is what it is. Like, you had to make that signing to contend. Um, Although I think that signing did come in, like, 2014 or something like that. So it was, like, after the window was, like, shut It's really
0: not good. Uh, Yeah,
1: yeah, honestly, I take that back. That was a really bad contract to give out. But I also think, like, I don't know, like, it's – that's the guy, like, you're gonna ship Verlander out, like, a man, like, I see he's the, one of the, the greatest thing.
0: hitters in baseball history, right? He gives a shit that, and that's the thing, like, there are you know, people can be hindsight warriors all they want. You, if we didn't give him that money, someone else was giving him that money. Yes, he, he's the second best right handed hitter of this era, only behind poo holes, like that, who got that money, like that.
1: And he, he, was going, was he, get he went it.
0: through the same thing
1: where he was that exactly. you know, he got released by or cut by the angels. Um, right. And I I think that's like the big thing to this that uh, makes Alavila's job like more embarrassing is because if you're, and, and I understand like he's under financial constraints from the Illich family. I get that. But for all intents and purposes, let's say that a general manager's job is to, Let's, let's, let's liken building a team, building a contender to setting up a television, right? And baseball at all times, no matter how bad things can get at the end of the day, all you have to do is set up the TV. Like that, that's, that's, you're, you're you're the guy who sets up the TV. Doesn't matter what the last guy did, but in hockey, there's potential for the last guy who tried to set up the TV to tangle a thousand wires and sometimes you need to untangle those wires before you need to set up the tv and i think that's like a good metaphor for what steve Eiserman had to do compared to you know what somebody for the tigers might have had to do if they came in around the same time as and, and took over as general manager around the same time as steve eisenman did was there's just like so much less to do you all you have to do is set up the tv for if you're, if you're alabula but eisenman He's got all these pre steps and fixing mistakes and reprogramming things and all of these other things. And it's just baffling to me in hindsight when you look at the job that Alavilla has done and go, like, what the hell, dude? Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, man. It's uh yeah, it's really not good. Um, and it's it's
1: well, so well, let's keep it there then. Managers slash coaching, like general managers, um, and then coaches, because I'm of the opinion that like for better and for worse, there was not a more appropriate face of those three years of the tigers than Ron garden And I didn't like the signing when it was made. I didn't think that it was, it was, it was literally, you were hiring a babysitter. You had a babysitter for three years. Yep. And I think that's what's irritating is if you look at the improvements that AJ Hinch has brought in just by talking philosophy, just by, Hey, have you considered maybe coming at it this way? Have you considered shifting over here? Have you considered doing this, doing that? Those are little things that make things click in players' minds. And this is why I, I cannot get behind. Like when we talked about when we were doing the blashell debates, um, I, for the life of me, cannot get behind or wrap my head around the idea of like a placeholder or a babysitter type coach or anything like that. I think if your manager or coach isn't getting the most out of the team that has been given to him on a daily basis, he's not the man for the job. With Ron garden hire, there was nothing innovative. There was not like in any capacity. And you just wasted three years of major league auditions because you just didn't want like you you want the Illiches wanted to sit on their hands while they let the clock run out on these Zimmerman and Cabrera contracts. And so they just put out this horrific product where nobody had a fighting chance because nobody was really learning
0: anything. Yeah, no, I it babysitter's absolutely the word for it. I I mean he he uh he was literally brought in just so that when this team was horrible and about to lose a ton of games, um that they had like a a guy
1: who wasn't a clone,
0: a, right. As someone who would just go up there, handle the media pretty well, not, not be an ass, not be a, a jerk to the, to the fans or the media, just go up there and kind of like be okay with just being horrible. And uh, I think on the last limb of, of hit, you know, maybe just wanted to be around baseball one more time before he retired or whatever. I, and he kind of was just like, all right, like, I guess I'll, I'm not sure anyone else wanted that job. I, I, I mm-hmm. can't fathom anybody, even if you're like a bench coach and you really want to become a manager or whatever. I, I seriously cannot fathom somebody being like, I want the, the 2018 Tigers job. Like why on earth would you, This the team had nothing, no, no kids coming up, no anything. I I can't fathom anyone wanting that job and I think they got like I said in my eyes probably the only person that that would take it
1: and like I know Blaschel has his detractors right but there's at least some rhyme or reason to what Jeff Blashill does Lineup decisions you can point to him and say oh he's doing this because this I hate when he does that you know like there was rhyme or reason to it there was no rhyme or reason to anything with Ron Gardner it was just Let's see if we can win with this with these shitty guys today. Like that—that's right. all it was. And like,
0: I don't even think it was that. I, I wouldn't think it was. Let's see if I can win. I think it was like, well, today's a nice day. Let's go play some ball. Yeah, like, well, I, I don't I, think this guy hasn't played in a it.
1: while. You know, like, oh, that'd be nice to get him some work at third base. You know, like, and it was so funny because like I've sat in that manager's room many times like throughout that Rodden Gardenhire era, and it was like it was exactly like like the media had an understanding with Rodden Gardenhire of just like. Yeah. Knew that, you know, we knew what it was. He knew what it was. We knew that each other knew what it was. And so it was kind of this like tongue in cheek a lot of times. And, you know, you're just like, Hey, um, talk about that three error play on, on defense. Um, you missed two cutoff men and then, and then threw the ball in the stands. Um, what's going on with that? And he's like, yeah, it was yeah. also, it was and, also and, a
0: nine nothing game. in the Florida, Yeah. The yeah. Way. Yeah.
1: And, and he'd be like, yeah, it's embarrassing. You know, got to get back to fundamentals. You're just like, all right, yeah, I guess I don't know. That's what they would say in the movie, <laughs> like, like for real, it's, like that. Yeah, that's man. what they would say in the movie about the most boring, shitty baseball team that's ever lived. If like it was a movie, yes,
0: yeah. no, it's it's it, he was literally just supposed to go there, actor, not cause problems, a crisis actor, and right, go up there, not cause problems, and just and just kind of ride the wave of losing. No one's gonna hate Ron Gardenhire, and 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 so they just put together uh, that and then threw him out there for three years, and um, yeah, man, not like. <laughs> oh,
1: man. Let's look at GMs because oh boy, since the Red Wings have started the rebuild, they've Hinch had two very. Great, by the way, I just want to close on that. AJ Hinch is one of the best there. in the world at his job. Quite Hinch. literally. I might be at the top of my interview list, like for people I just want to interview because I love watching his post game press conferences. He's so insightful and he's so um, good at his job. He really is. And like, I know also
0: tell me this isn't a Disney movie. Okay. Guy takes (laughs) over. Tell me this isn't a Disney movie. Guy takes over a team, a horrible, horrible, go,
1: go on mute for a second,
0: horrible team. Okay. He comes up. He takes over. It's his first managerial job. He takes it over. Garbage team. Comes up. Brings them back to greatness. This team that has been horrible for decades brings them to greatness. Wins them a World Series. Then it comes out that the team cheated. And he is the scapegoat for cheating. He gets suspended. None of the players get suspended. The the other coaches get suspended as well, but they're allowed to coach again too. He gets suspended for a whole year. Comes back, and the only team that would take him back was a team that is, well, was a year and a half removed from losing 114 games and has no major league talent, has a couple of kids in the minors that will be up, it, it, hopefully in a year of him taking over the team. And he if he wants to manage ever again, he just has to say yes. He takes over this horribly run, inept, stupid organization that has made dumb move after dumb move and literally put together one of the worst teams ever a year and a half ago. Takes them over, builds them back up completely clean. No cheating is looked under under the biggest microscope in baseball so that people don't think he's cheating again, makes it back to the top, wins another ring, lives happily ever after. Tell me that is not a Disney movie.
1: You're absolutely right. But see, here's, here's a problem that you have, and here's a problem <laughs> that I have. We both have the same problem. We're hopeless romantics. Yes, and absolutely. we, I am so with you, I'm sold. And, Absolutely. and I, like I said, like when we had, when we did the, uh, the draft profiles on Monday with Kirill Krasanov, and I was like, sounds a lot like Kirill Kaprizov, and, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's just like dumb idiot sports fan, man brain, you know, and, yep. and, and I'm so with you.
0: <laughs> I love it, <laughs> but man. I, I'm all in.
1: Yeah. I, I. And I think with Hinch too, like uh, something else that makes it doubly better is the fact that the White Sox said no
0: to him. Yeah, to oh yeah, it makes it so Tony much La
1: Russa, better. Who, so much as better. far as off the field controversy goes, is as controversial as it gets for former yes. man- like managers, like
0: yes, correct, I, and I, like interdivision risks. rival, like could be you, good at the you same time. Do
1: you understand how hard it has to be to come back in the year? That Tony Larusa did, with AJ Hinch getting hired in his own division and being mm-hmm. the most scandalous hire in Major yeah, League Baseball it's that season. Wild. That's impressive. It's pretty wild for a guy coming off a year-long suspension. That's crazy. It is um, crazy. Let's go to general managers. I do love AJ Hinch, and I'm glad that you like AJ Hinch. And yes. uh, like amazing I amazing at his job. I like him to the point that like Ben Verlander tweeted about having Michael Fulmer on his podcast, like four days ago. And I've checked every single day to see if it's up. Um, yeah. Like I, I'm, cause I'm like that interested to hear what he has to say about it. Uh, let's talk about general managers because an interesting time in Detroit kind of split over two guys. Uh, and I think before Steve Eisenman came back on that April 19th, 2019, I think a lot of people felt the same exact way about Kenny Holland that they did about. Alex Avila where it's I don't think he can do it in this era. And we've seen, you know, what what is uh what kind of happened towards the end of the Hollander, he made a lot of bad uh signings, he made a lot of bad trades. The draft choices were kind of hit and miss, but I don't know. Steve Eisenman would tell you that probably shouldn't pin too much of that on him. Um and you just didn't feel good about it. Like the the signings that they were making, the no movement clauses that he was giving out, you're like, if this guy is the one who leads us into the rebuild like i am not confident that it's going to be a successful one and i think that's the same thing that tigers fans feel about alex avila rightfully so because he has never proved the ability to do anything right other than walk up to the podium and pick the consensus best player in the draft um his free agent signs have all been awful his trades have all been awful I just – I think the Red Wings, like, it's obvious far and away the better general manager experience um, in that regard. So, uh, I don't know. Your thoughts on Alavila?
0: Yeah, I mean, he's – the frustrating part for me about Alavila is that I thought he was going to be Ron Gardenhire for the GM, and he just hasn't gone away. I thought that he was, okay, DD left. uh uh, and and i'm i'm a dombrowski defender personally a lot of people give him crap and i I don't really understand why he had unbelievable success for for 15 years here um and oh he left with no farm system whatever that correct that's 15 15 years of success
1: that's the thing that people don't understand is that is what happens to contenders and then they get that back with the guys that they
0: ship out at the end
1: right and Dabrowski takes
0: it right Dabrowski took takes it to an extreme but that's how he's always general managers what he did in Florida when he won a ring there before he came here it's what he did in Boston after he left us he gutted their farm system they won a ring in 2018 and and now he's with the Phillies and and that's probably what's
1: going to happen there best team in baseball
0: right exactly that's it's just, it, I don't know. It's always rubbed me the wrong way that he just gets heat for like spent, He always he spends a lot of money and he, and he dismantles the farm system. Okay. Well he wins. So like get over yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so, so I always thought when Avila took over that it was, it was, Hey, this guy's because it's a mid season thing. I remember exactly where I was when that happened. I remember that whole night still when that news was announced and then, uh, Avila was going to be there for like half the season, maybe even next season, but then we were going to find a real GM after and he just hasn't gone away. And he's made bad trade after bad trade. And I think the reason he's still here is because of the restraints that Illich is putting on him. I think Illich has given him a, a ton of restraints when it comes to uh the amount of money he can spend or moves he can make. Um and I that's not an excuse. I still think Avila's is, is not very good at his job, but um I think that Illich doesn't have a problem with it because he's working within the restraints and, and the restrictions that he's given Avila. So I, I think it's a double-edged sword there, but yeah, I'm, I'm not a big Alavila fan. I, I never have been. Um, and I, I, he really was just like, I, I still, it's been five years and I still think like, Oh, he's just a placeholder. Like, bro, it's been half a decade. He and a placeholder. Like he, like he's the GM and he, I, he's in my the guy. head. <laughs> right. And in my head, I just keep thinking like, oh, like like that that thought still lingers in my mind of just like, oh, he's just the placeholder, man. Like, like, and it just he just has never gone away. And that's very frustrating to me because of the lack of smart moves that he's made over the years. Uh
1: Steve Osman will keep us quick. Believe in Steve. That's all we gotta say.
0: Steve, uh, I went on man. I went
1: on lock on lines on Tuesday, Monday. And, uh, I dropped that line because we were, we're, we're I, I think like outside of the Red Wings fan base and like in itself, I think there's like speculation that things maybe aren't going well in Detroit and obviously the on ice product, you know, things aren't going well, but I think there's like, there's people out there who kind of tend to believe that the rebuild isn't going well. Um, which I talked about that in. Dispelled those rumors. Go check out my appearance on Locked On from last Monday. Let's talk about the broadcast teams. The Tigers have had two different broadcast teams. Um, the Red Wings have not. The Red Wings have had the same broadcast team since the 90s, both on the TV and on the radio. Uh, let's start with the Tigers. Actually, let's start with the Red Wings, because I think that the Red Wings, like, their broadcast team gets people to tune in every night. It's like, Hey, you know, it, it, it's going to suck, but Mickey's going to be funny. He's going to be wearing flannel. He's going to be saying things. He probably shouldn't, uh, Ken Holland's a legend on the radio. Ken Cowell's a legend. Uh, and I don't think that there's any, like, they don't make it worse, you know? And I think that this tiger's broadcast makes everything infinitely worse. Even good moments, the Daz Cameron home run the other night after they went out for that uh, rain delay in the ninth comes back, ties it up with a three run shot, two run shot in the ninth. Yeah, so exciting! The worst call ever. Like just, so, just, just.
0: <laughs> I can't do it. So here's, you're absolutely right. The the Red Wings broadcast is is infinitely superior than the Tigers broadcast in its current state. The the only. Tiger's call I like was the Daz Cameron one. I actually thought that that was decent. And it's not like, obviously that's not worth yeah, all the horribleness. Yeah. That's it's still a horrid broadcast and it's a, it's a major problem. And it's, 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 we were, when we were talking about this off air before we started, like, it's really poetic how the Tigers broadcast team went out because we had Mario and Rod and they were, exceptional and everyone in the the city loved them everyone loved them everyone loves Mario and Rod and and they come up and and for my whole life they they were the that was it that was the broadcast team and then right when the team goes into full rebuild mode and and the team trades everyone and the rebuild starts they've had enough too and 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 it's over and yep. I think that that's that. It's such poetic timing.
1: So you've you've talked. You just talked about AJ Hinch having a storybook, whatever blah blah. Don't the Tigers, in a way, have a have a storybook like? Their storybook energy matches AJ Hinch's storybook energy, if you ask me. Because they go, they they are this team in the '90s, the worst team in baseball history in 2003. You know, I think there was like a 1960 Mets team that had a worse record than them. Yeah, yeah there go. was a
0: team that lost 120. I, I think, think it was, was a
1: 1963 yes. Mets, right? Yeah, am I right? Correct. Look yes. at me! Oh, are you nailed impressed? it? Do you just get like more more impressed by my baseball knowledge? I honestly, you're just I like, really damn! Do. I cannot believe he just said that. Anyways. lost my train of thought he's just okay so they yeah so they have this they have this team and and it's they have this storybook rise oh what hey way back they go to the world series all that stuff happens and then you know it it doesn't work so then they reload and they're like all right well let's let's try and create this magic again and they go from like this scrappy underdog team to a true juggernaut i don't know if you Coin the term, or if this was just a thing that was going around at the time, but they have a literal Death Star rotation. Nothing comparable yeah. in baseball like it, save maybe the nineteen nineties Braves uh rotation, that's literally maybe yeah, the Houston the only, Astros rotation yeah. from what twenty eight, maybe the year they 17. won the World Series with Branky yeah. and was cool on that. Team. I would
0: say ours was better than that. Yeah, exactly. the nineties one is really the only one that's like. Well, we had we had four Cy Young winners and the only person that wasn't had the lowest ERA in baseball that season. Not
1: not just like in a season. He was the ERA leader that he was.
0: He won the American League ERA crown and the other four people that didn't were all either future or former Cy Young winners. Yes. So or current.
1: (laughs) And then they they do this thing where they like get like they become too top heavy. You know, like we, we talked about their how bad their defense was, uh, I think, before we even started recording and yeah. and things like that. And like, you just have you just you kind bullpen, of lost obviously. your way at some point. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The bullpen. And you have this horrific fall that that somehow because of this peak that you had, the valley seems deeper than anything that happened in 2003. I mean, I wasn't really cognizant of what was going on in 2003. I was like coloring and stuff. Um, but. Um you know the point remains that the the story continues and the narrative is pushed forward, and they don't have a World Series. They they that team, the fact they didn't win in 2013, they get outshadowed by another storybook in the Boston Strong Boston Red Sox. You know, like it's just all of these things where you're just like you put your hands in your face and you're just like why? And I think that is what honestly has like caused this weird like emotional attachment of me to the tigers is the fact they didn't win and like i can't let that go i i don't think i will ever get over that i i know for a fact i won't ever get over that and it shouldn't dampen the spirit of what that era was because it is insanely hard to win a championship at any level in sports but more so in my opinion in baseball i i i know hockey you can argue the hardest one to win i hear the argument on that one but the amount of luck that you need throughout the course of a major league baseball playoff is unmatched. And the amount of performances that you need from the quantity of people is unmatched. It is a true, you need everybody pulling in the same direction and they just couldn't make it happen. And it's, and it just sucks. So, so bad. And I know I said that, like, I wasn't going to take that into consideration, but like, that is what makes this Tigers rebuild infinitely worse. Like that—that that is the the great equalizer is they did not win a world series. And that's all you can keep coming back to in the end was just how did this team not win a world series? It's the first thing that crosses into your mind when you, when you think of memories, when you look back at pictures of Price Scherzer, or Verlander Sanchez, Porcello, all standing next to each other.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it haunts me. <laughs> that's, yeah. Without Which is all things.
1: to say that when they come back even stronger with AJ Hinch for the Disney movie, it's going to be it's beautiful. Gonna, it's just going to be that much more special.
0: It's going to be beautiful.
1: Um, I, so I think that's where I land on it. I think the Tigers have had an infinitely worse rebuild, um, more torturous uh, for all those reasons. I think for a lot of reasons combined, I just think that the management group isn't as good i don't you know i think that the years that they lost of not having any future players on their major league roster um those types of things and the lack of banners you know or pennants flying in the outfield or whatever you want to call them is the ultimate trump card and for sure
0: yeah no I, i mean i agree with you i think i think that that's uh it's impossible to to keep out of the debate between the two if if that's the conversation you want to have I I think that is uh, like you said it's the ultimate trump card it's um just with how good those teams were and how insane those rosters were to just not and like like close is a relative term but like they didn't really come close. No, like, no, they were
1: four. They they were at best. They were four games to win from a World Series title. Right, and that like was in
0: twenty thirteen. That was the best team of that yep. era. They didn't even make the World Series. And and from and
1: from game two of that ALCS on, it was over. Right, that that exactly. David Ortiz home run in game two right. to tie the series
0: ended the series. Ended it, yeah. And and it's yeah, and it uh, obviously twenty twelve and. Pablo Sandoval turns into Babe Ruth for a game, and then it's it's over, and and it's like so, like like just the 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 symbolizing is that a word of like symbology? Sim, yeah, sure. I will You will Of Miguel won Cabrera won. taking a pitch right down the middle to lose the World Series. Yep. Miguel Cabrera in his prime, MVP triple crown, triple crown Miguel crown, Cabrera. Yeah takes a pitch right down the middle to lose the World Series and get swept in Comerica. Even 2011, that team won more games in the regular season than the 12 and 13 teams. That team was the best regular season team of that era was 2011. And Nelson Cruz is a a walk-off grand slam. And and we don't even make the World Series, make it to the ALCS that year. and The Rangers were just destined to keep making the world series and losing so like it's it's it was just year after year after year and and that's the the writing was on the wall and i think a lot of us were too oblivious to or just didn't really care enough to look into it that team those those teams were super streaky the 2011 team or 2012 team that made the world series did not win 90 games the yeah. team won 88 games and made the World Series and had a, a great roster. Mm-hmm. So streaky. That that 2013 team that I said had the best roster in baseball, like won like 93 games. Yeah. Like the, the – and, and obviously that was enough to make the postseason and stuff, but the AL Central was horrible. Mm-hmm. And those teams were super, super, super streaky and always were. Because they were so bad defensively, and because they had a not very good bullpen, where if the bats and, weren't, and away, they were top heavy, yeah, yeah, right. When the bats were hot, it was over because mm-hmm. you weren't going to score on our starters, and we were going to put up seven on you. But but when the bats were quiet, it's going to be a one nothing game going into the late, and then the bullpen's going to blow it. And that was a that was a reoccurring theme throughout that entire era. And we were hot at times in the postseason, and then we were cold at times in the postseason. And we got swept in in the ALDS by by the Baltimore Orioles. Like it, it's just that, that's so how was, those teams were.
1: I was at that game. I was second row down the third baseline, about eight feet from David Price warming up, and then I was the last, probably the last Tigers fan to leave the ballpark, because like that's that's what that game felt like like just like the energy of just like ah you know it sucks we're down to nothing but hey it's baltimore we got some shit luck on those homers and like the first two games we got david price going in game three like i'm not really worried and then they lose um so
0: twice in my life i have literally been asked to leave the stadium because i just sat there that is the
1: least surprising thing ever
0: (laughs) yes um one was justin verlander pitched the day before the trade deadline, 2017. And I thought that it was going to be his last start ever as a tiger. And so I went to the game. There was a whole farewell JV thing. He tipped his crap, tap, cap to the crowd. Everybody freaked out. Everybody was crying. Um, I went to the game. And then I sat there and had to get, again, like I said, I had to get asked, like, hey, man, like, you got to go. And I just sat there. And I was just like, I don't want Furlander to not be on this team. I want this moment to last forever. I'm not leaving. Yeah. Then he didn't get traded. And I was like, oh my gosh. But then yeah, no. <laughs> but then but that so I was like, wow, I'm so overly dramatic for no yeah. reason. Yeah. But then baseball used to have a rule where you could trade people after the trade deadline yeah. if they passed they the waivers like August. And they traded them literally before the 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 post-trade deadline trade deadline a month later is when they finally trade them. So uh, that was just me being overly dramatic for no reason. I Hilarious. didn't see Orlando's start. Uh, <laughs> and then the other one was, um, was in 2018, uh, we got off in, and we were still like kind of competitive early, but we traded everyone, but we still had some guys. And I was like, Oh, and I was really just like being. Just oblivious to like, we're in a rebuild, you need to grow up, man. And I was just like, oh, like maybe there's a chance. And we lost like 13 to two. And Drew Verhagen pitched. And I was like, this team, like, we're gonna be bad for a long time. And it was a night game. And I just oh. sat there in the in the upper deck behind home plate. I just sat there. And I had an usher come up and was uh, cleaning out like bags and stuff. And she literally looked at me and said, why are you still here? <laughs> and I was like, uh, I don't know. And she's like, I, like, I, like, you got to go home. And I was like, all right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, um. So yeah, I, I've i been there.
1: And that perfectly sums up that era of Tigers baseball. like yes, the just, uh, I want to go home or I, I don't want to go home. This can't be over yet. You know, it's, yep. it, it, it was, it was honestly, I hate to like say it, but it was like losing it was as bad as like you being a player that lost it. Was just like, I can't believe that this team walking out of
0: an empty hand, and like I i wouldn't trade the era for the world. I would yeah, 100 percent That's where like this what happened to the, the city rallying around the team and and the, the highs that we reached. It was, it was Jim
1: Jim Leland crying after uh yeah, oh, yeah. they reached the world series in 2012 and, and Makes the, me cry every time is I watch the Same. It. And just that when he utters that line, I just hope they feel like they got their money's worth. Like that
0: yeah.
1: truly, like that, I think it boils down that era of Tigers baseball, like yeah. perfectly. Yeah, one like, of his
0: lines in there as well is is um he says, I just hope they're as proud as of us as we are of them, because I know that we're incredibly proud of the people, like the citizens of Detroit.
1: Yeah, that's just like that's 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 messed up of you
0: to do that. (laughs) That's wild, man. It's just like that. That, uh,
1: and and yeah, and it was like that was like the, um, like, just, like, summers at Comerica Park were just, like, the best. Like, yeah. it, it's so crazy to think of. And and so here's another thing that, like, I, I think we're kind of maybe past the whole debating point of this now <laughs> three-hour-long episode. Um, but, like, I, I think, too, when it comes to... Oh,
0: shit, what was I going to say? Leland debating... Detroit. Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: So, so I, I think another thing that adds to like how bad that the, the Tigers rebuild has sucked is like, obviously, all four Detroit's four teams are bad. But like if the Red Wings are bad, and the Pistons and, you know, the Pistons were like a top four team in the East, and the Lions were like, in first place for a couple of weeks of the year, and then, you know, made the wild card game, you know, like those types of things, again, like you could deal with the Red Wings not being good. But when the Tigers suck, that's it. That's you're you're screwed.
0: That's your summer.
1: That's your summer. And there's just no excitement at the ballpark. But man, like when you step out, like, and that's another thing to it. When you step out of that ballpark on a crisp summer night, dude, after a big win, that's what I was saying. Like in three years, think about it. Tigers, you know, uh, Casey Mize goes complete game shut job on a Friday night to take first place against the White Sox. Like, those are the moments, like those are the time that, like, being a Tigers fan was awesome. Like, just yeah. not, not even like the the big moments, the playoffs. Literally, just going to the ballpark, being like, I know I'm going to see some awesome baseball. My team's probably going to win, and if they don't, you know, it it is what it is because they're just a really good team, and I'm I'm just here to have. They're going to win tomorrow. <laughs> they're going to win tomorrow, and it's yeah, exactly. And I just there through all of this, I think this team meant so much, like on a personal level to the city of detroit and i don't want to take anything away from any other championship teams because you know you can make the argument that the 04 pistons team is the most beloved team detroit in like yeah. our lifetime you know and and i don't want to take away from that each team has their own identity but i just think when you go go over like what the city was going through at the time what you know leland knew that the players had to be for the um for the city and it's just so much that like you, you you can just never never take away um i don't know it, it just meant so much more
0: yeah it's especially the the first wave especially right like the the and i'm like the 2011 to 14 team absolutely i you're absolutely right and meant a lot and 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 is incredible and for each of their own right but that that 06 team, I mean, there's there's nothing. I, I am not sure. Obviously, I can't say this with any remote confidence because, because I'm in my 20s and I don't know what what the future of the you know the world and my life has uh, has ahead of me. But like I, I would be very pressed to to see any team mean as much to a city as the 06 Tigers did to the city yeah. of Detroit that is that is unparalleled and I'm not sure any team and in, in, in this city will will have and they didn't even finish the job and it didn't even matter like like we were just happy and I know it's cliche we were just happy to be there like yeah. for yeah, so yeah. many years of horribleness and and just it, like that you'll be pressed to to rival the 06 Tigers would be a a heck of an accomplishment. Yep.
1: Uh, anything else before we depart?
0: I don't That's think so, episode. man. I, yeah, I just I love this city to death. That's really all I got to yeah. say. I just, I, I, I love this city.
1: If you are still and listening like,
0: to this. Bro, the piss, like you were talking about like walking out of the stadium after a, a Tigers game and stuff. Do you remember walking out? of a Pistons game after you yeah. beat LeBron and everyone in the concourse, Detroit basketball, like everyone's walk just walking down the the, just- the, the,
1: the, tube tunnel at yep, joe Louis arena and, oh like chanting
0: after let's go red wings
1: after dude i remember i was like my most vivid memory in that thing is when i was walking through it after the game against pittsburgh in 2010 when howard face washed crosby and like everybody was going <laughs> nuts everybody was yep. like f crosby um it was probably a good amount of sexism flying around uh, calling him cindy and, and things sure. like that yep. uh disavow that but in terms of like just the chance and the energy like i'm with you i'm with you i i do love all these teams and even a lot of great lions games like i yeah I'm gonna oh be honest.
0: absolutely I've,
1: i have been to probably 30 35 lions games i think they have won maybe five of them but <laughs> one of the ones i did see it was the most amazing like was the game against the The Bears on Monday Night Football, their first game on Monday Night Football. The Javid best run, the Calvin Johnson catch. I was at that game. And I and the if Jihabit we were, if we were game. on the Lions conversation, Scotty Bentley, I would tell you to your face right now, despite everything I just said about this was the greatest moment. This and this is what I think makes me like a true sportsman is that like, <laughs> I literally throw, I just speak <laughs> in hyperbole all the time because I love all my teams that much. But like that was the craziest moment. Like that was the city. Easily. Was, Boom, and we were in traffic, Scotty, for three hours. We didn't leave the parking garage for three hours after Monday night football game. Nobody gave a shit. No, yeah. cared. no.
0: That game is to go is, five and zero. Yeah, that that, was that game was the game. That was that was in our lifetimes of of Lions football. That is that and like you know, fans of other teams are like ha ha. It's a, your game is a week five game. I don't even care. Yeah, that that was 100%. the. That game, I remember. I remember sitting on, the, well, it wasn't this couch, but this spot on a different couch, watching that game with all of my buddies, and us literally after the Jehovah's best run, running out my front door and running around my front lawn like a bunch of idiot children that we were, and just like screaming and like oh my gosh, and and hugging each other. And it, it was a it was a run. It was it was <laughs> it was a seventy yard run, but. Oh, that game, man, that is that is the We're pinnacle. gonna finish in the top half of rushing this man. Season. It was just like <laughs> they did like, we can't have this up. We can't f this up. Yeah. Oh, that game was, was I love the my favorite point of the Lions
1: schedule unreal, was like man. is like when they were winning in, in those years and like you start doing the mental math to figure yep, out like that's the best. what record yeah. would they have to have down the stretch to get knocked out of the playoffs. Right. And, if and then if like, you lost you're like every game you're like, man, they can go two and seven the rest of the way and right? they'll still be fine. But then in the back and they're like Damn, they gotta win two games. They gotta
0: win two. games. They gotta win two bro. out of
1: seven. I don't know. I mean, they got the Packers you
0: know twice. What? You know what, man? <laughs> I, I, I love the hell out of them, man. Oh my too. gosh! And I... you
1: know what? Like, I was just gonna say that it, as amazing as it was that I was at that Bears Lions game, I think the the karma and reverse action of that was I attended every single game in the Matt Patricia era. Sure, fair enough. And that was that was as bad as it got. And like, yeah. obviously, I'm I was covering the game as a journalist so like i'm not a fan there and things like that but i don't cover the team full time like in the back of my head right. like i'm still a fan and um and dude like i said i i went on a rant about this on lockdown lions last monday i was like you're one of the Map patricia era seahawks punter michael dixon runs the ball out of his own end zone calls a fake punt in the middle of the play yep backed up against his own end zone runs for like 15 yards to get the first down that's how your season ended in year one year two it ends with a slow bleed out of david blau you know
0: Blau, wow. but he
1: did have the thanks to Galladay. i feel like i remember uh a weird thing that it, like sticks in my brain for some reason as announcer calls and i
0: always think of them whenever i think back to those
1: plays uh
0: Me too, man. I'm, I'm big on calls. I'm a, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big, I, yeah, I just randomly quote, like, especially, obviously, especially like old baseball calls. My dad will fall and I'll be like, I don't believe what I just saw. And he's like, can you help me up? Like, like, (laughs) I just like, like every, I just like (laughs) bounce in baseball calls throughout my life. It's really annoying. Uh...
1: It, I always do that too. and Like work them in a regular situation. A weird random one that I do that with all the time is the, uh, um, the Oilers Hemsky one, uh, Pat or er, Patrick, Derek, Stefan, Patrick, Ste- Patrick, Stefan, I think. Yes. Um, When he's like, and here comes uh Stefan and he'll ice it. Oh, or at least I thought he was going to.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one, man. Oh, oh and, and and here come
1: the Oilers the other way. The Hemsky, Hemsky, he
0: I just scores. I just want a good team, man. I do I too. Just want a good like I saying. love I love all four of these teams so unbelievably much. I just give me one, man. And like I'm so nervous for the NBA lottery. When you're listening to this, it'll already have happened. I'm I'm petrified. I'm the what people, the Pistons were actually my, my second love. It was always the, the Tigers I was born into. I don't even remember my first Tiger game. I <laughs> I've literally always just, just been the Tigers have always been my life. The Pistons were the first team in my life that like I picked up that I wasn't just like, Oh, I'm surrounded by baseball all the time. Pistons were the first team that I like picked up and like chose. Like I, like I really mess with this team. Um, I I am horrified for the NBA draft lottery. Horrified. If we fall to six, I'm not responsible for my actions.
1: They can fall all the way to six from two?
0: Yes. That's That's the furthest they can fall, but yes. That's bad. And the NBA lottery is weird. They have the same odds at one as the team that actually had the worst record in the NBA. The top three all of the same. So in exchange for having tied for the best odds instead of the second best odds at first, we can fall all the way to six.
1: Um horrified. Horrified. Yeah. Uh good luck to the Pistons. I I can easily become a Pistons fan again. Like when they went to uh the playoffs in 2016 against the Cavs, like I was yep. a huge Pistons fan. I'm va- sure. I'm I'm about as fair weather Pistons fan as I get. But here is my commitment to Pistons fans. When you get me, you're getting all of me. You know. Sure. Fair enough. I, I don't I don't go halfway, no half measures. I mean, all in or all out. It's and I fair. remember and when I went to that game three, I got the entire, so we were like next to the calves section. We got such bad tickets that we were literally in the like uh they had like a bowl above the last row of seats for like handicap seating, and sure. we were like standing on on that platform because it had been sure. so long since there was a game there. I remember it was my last day of finals uh at school. I drank a billion beers. And um, I got the entire section that we were in and like a lot of the upper bowl to chant zero titles at the Cleveland section nice. next to us. Cause they were beating up on the Pistons, but like it, it, honestly, it was a game. And um, the whole series, that's the thing about that series. Yeah, people
0: forget Stanley that three of the four stopper, games, you know, LeBron, Hey, I'm in his head. He literally one. said, I think of it. That will live on in Detroit lore forever. That the, uh, all three of those four games were like, down to the last couple of possessions, like close games. LeBron yeah. James literally said that's the <laughs> for what it's worth. He said that's the hardest sweep I've ever had, which is like you know, kind <laughs> of a backhanded compliment, but still, hey, um, he made, he swept
1: some pretty good Raptors teams. That's yeah,
0: exactly. I was at the uh the Bucks Pistons in 1819. Um, the the when the whole I was in the crowd chanting refs, you suck. That was that was the game that I attended. Um when We got swept by Milwaukee and Giannis shot more free throws by himself than the Pistons entire team. Um, and I just remember being being but yeah, the, the Pistons, uh, the Josh Smith days. Yep. I will I will always I have a Greg Monroe jersey somewhere in there. He used to be my guy. Uh the yeah, Drummond, Monroe, and Josh Smith all on a roster together was definitely an interesting uh tactic. Um now the Sixers are trying it again with. <laughs> Simmons and beat to my Harris. Uh, but yeah, just uh, uh, I, I love that team, I love that team to death, and I, I just miss going like leaving Pistons games and just hearing Detroit basketball all over the arena nonstop as you walk to your car and just like oh, when the Pistons are good, man, I be mean, one of the coolest things time. like in the city, like uh,
1: uh is the Detroit basketball. It's, easy, it's, it's it's, it's iconic. the cool. It's easily cool. It's iconic. Yeah, it's easily the cool. Well, coolest. I don't know, like the octopus thrown on the ice for the Red Wings, like that's yes,
0: that's but that one makes people mad as well. No one gets Which, mad at it. Yeah, equipment. but
1: like who gets mad at it?
0: Uh, I mean yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So like yes. also like a feather in the Red Wings cap.
1: Like you're right. gonna piss off PETA. That's fair. And do something really weird and
0: that's fair. It's totally fair. I, yeah, no disrespect to it. Obviously iconic as well. <laughs> Um, it's just like the, the thing is, and I, we can, we can wrap up here. The thing is whichever of these four teams is going to be the next one to be good. This city is going to go nuts. It doesn't matter which of the four it is. It really doesn't. The next one of these four teams that is even remotely contending this city is going to get all of the city of detroit the city is going to erupt with uh with fandom with, with whatever one of these four is the next one to be good and uh, i can't
1: wait uh Thus ends this bonus episode talking sports with Nolan Bianchi and Scotty Bentley talking, <laughs> talking sad sports shit. Bianchi and <laughs> yes, Bentley. Uh, go follow lockdown Red Wings on Twitter. Go follow lockdown Tigers on Twitter. Subscribe to both podcasts. This has been a lockdown Tigers lockdown Red Wings crossover. Um, yeah. Any, anything else before we uh, depart? Uh, I don't think I'm going to edit this. I don't think so. So, you I should. think I'm, I yeah, think I'm just gonna throw, ride. I don't know if I hope I didn't say anything. I'm actually gonna have to listen back. To <laughs> I think I probably
0: said at least one or two problematic things. Probably, yeah. So, We're probably good about, for one of those or two yeah. of those, yeah.
1: Uh, all right, man. It's been a lot of fun. We'll
0: see Hell you back yeah. here on
1: Monday. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Oh, you got to have a.